and welcome back to another episode of Husky Talk. We are here today to debunk the myth that Siberian Husky I did, I did, I did, I did, I did it right there. Our guest today is the oldest Siberian Husky Channel in Alaska. She has also finished the Iditarod three times with her team of Siberians. She currently leads sled dog tours and expeditions in Alaska. Please welcome to the show, Lisbeth Norris. Hello, Lisbeth. Thank you for being on our show. Thanks for having me. First of all, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a third-generation musher. I was born and raised in Alaska. My family has Siberian Huskies. Um, I grew up in Willow, and I live in Fairbanks now, where I run a multi-day dog sled expedition company. Before we take a look at some myths about Siberian Huskies, let's talk about your kennel. Your family has the oldest Siberian Husky kennel in Alaska. Talk to us about this kennel. Well, my grandparents started the kennel in Anchorage in the 40s, and um, they have always been committed to maintaining the workability of the breed. So we're a performance-based kennel. Um, we don't breed dogs based on their looks. We base our breeding on um, how well they do in harness. Just so you know, we noted in our intro that we are here to debunk the myth that Siberian Huskies are too slow to compete in the Iditarod. We would like you to help us do that today. We have some myth or fact statements for you to respond to. Huh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a big ask. <laughs> Okay, myth or fact, Siberian Huskies are too slow to compete in the Iditarod. Well, I've, that's a myth. I've competed in Iditarod. But there's a difference between participating and competing. And a lot of people who run Iditarod, they're not running to win it. Finishing is a big deal. Now, Iditarod can be compared in a lot of ways to a human marathon where training and the dedication and time needed to be able to prepare a team capable of participating in an event like that, you know, just finishing is a really big deal. Myth or fact, Siberian Huskies are bred for their looks. What do you think? Form follows function. <laughs> Explain that to us. Well, the Siberian Husky, it's a working breed, and it's a relatively new breed as far as the AKC is concerned. But Siberians are originally from Siberia, and they have been bred for millennia to pull. It's instinct for them. So their main purpose as dogs is to work and to pull. It's not their, the way they look is a result of all of these really fascinating adaptations to the environment in which they live, like their thick, beautiful coats their almond-shaped eyes, which help protect their eyes from wind. Um, that's what I mean by that. What were Siberians bred to do? To pull. It's instinct for them. 
Myth or fact, most people think Siberians are bigger and hairier than Alaskan Huskies. That is a total myth, and it's really interesting why people think that. And I'm not sure why that's the case. I think maybe movies or TV contribute to that stereotype, but, I mean, even a lot of mushers think that same thing, too. But Siberians are small dogs. They average about 40 pounds in weight. Um, they typically don't have as much muscle as Alaskan Huskies. Um, they're bred to be, I mean, they're just, they're efficient dogs. Um, so a yard of Siberian Huskies will eat about half as much as a yard of Alaskans, which is significant. And it's because they just don't have as much muscle mass. They don't need as many, and they're just really efficient dogs. They just don't burn as many calories. But they're definitely, they're, they're, they're small. I have some really little girls on my team, a little too small maybe. But I have dogs that are 30 to 50 pounds, and they average right out about 40 pounds, which is a lot smaller than your typical Alaskan Husky. So you just answered our next one, but we'll ask you anyway. Myth or fact, Siberians eat less than Alaskan Huskies. It's true. Yeah, they do. It, I guess, let's see, myth is, it's a fact. <laughs> Siberian, myth or fact, Siberians have tougher feet than Alaskan Huskies. Oh, I think that probably just depends on the dog. You know, it's really hard to generalize when you're talking about Alaskans. Um, there are amazing Alaskans with super tough feet. Um, and then there are some Alaskans that need two sets of boobies to go do a 30-mile training run. Um, I think if you're speaking in generalities, yes, Siberians have tougher feet than Alaskans, and that's just borne out from my experience running both Alaskans and Siberians and experience from other people, too. We typically don't need to boot the dogs unless it's colder than zero degrees, and that's to prevent snowballs from forming um, in between there. One other thing we notice as a difference in Siberians and Alaska Huskies is that Siberians typically don't wear booties, leg warmers, or coats. Can you explain that to us? Well, that depends on the conditions. When we're racing, we boot on every leg just like any other musher um, because booting is when you're racing, it's preventative. So you're, you never know what conditions you're going to encounter, and so you want to um, yeah, act preventatively so that you don't have to stop on the trail. And, you know, because it takes, it could take a while to boot a full team of dogs, um, you know, a half hour to 40 minutes if it's really cold out. And that's just time best spent moving. So usually we just boot in the checkpoint. As far as coats go, I, I do have coats for my dogs and they don't necessarily need them, but they do benefit from them when we're stopped in camping. You know, they just, it helps them conserve energy. Uh, if it's windy, it can help uh, protect them, but they tend to get too hot if, it, if we're moving and it is warmer than, say, 20 below. 
they tend to get hot with the coats on. So I like to use them when, when camping or if it's really, really cold. There's but an, they certainly don't need the coats. There's an article online stating that the key impo- components of a sled dog include speed, endurance, attitude, and the capability to handle extreme weather conditions. It said that Siberians have these qualities but do not excel in them. Can you comment on this? Well, it sounds like you... Can you repeat that? There's an article online stating that the key components of a sled dog include speed, endurance, attitude, and the capability to handle extreme weather conditions. It said that Siberians have these qualities but do not excel in them. Can you comment on this? Well, I think there are a lot of assumptions behind that statement. Um, I mean, when you describe an ideal husky, when most people do, they say they want good feet, good coat, good attitude, and good appetite. Like that describes the Siberian husky in a nutshell. You know, when we get, when we circle back to the concept of speed, we need to talk about what that means. Like, what is speed? Are you talking about speed in the context of Iditarod, a race that's won at, you know, six to eight miles an hour? That's not fast. Is speed the top range of a dog if they're able to run 25 miles an hour? Um I just think that that's a lot more complex question. Um, I think, you know, Siberians, they're not slow. They are capable of speed. Um, and a lot of it has to do with how we train them, who is running them, what's your motivation for running them. In Europe, you see Siberian teams competing quite successfully with Alaskans. Um, you know, placing, like they're, they're placing, they're on the podium. Um, there's just so few Siberian Husky mushers. Like our pool of good dogs to work with, I mean, we have just like a couple hundred Siberians in the whole state, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of Alaskans. Just for listeners, Karen Ramstead was a former Iditarod Mushroom who ran Siberians. She mentioned that Siberian Huskies need to be more respected. Do you think this can be achieved? I hope so. I think people don't know what they're missing. Siberians are great, but they have their challenges too. I mean, having Siberians is like having a pack of cats. They're very independent-natured. They're... I mean, they're not as easy to work with as Alaskans, frankly. Um, They can have really challenging personalities. You have to uh, develop a really strong working relationship with them um, to be able to, like, you know, your job as a musher is to coach a dog. It's, It's to get the best out of each dog. And... Siberians can present a challenge in that way. They're just, I mean, I love them. Um, And I don't think that they, yeah, yeah, I think people just, they don't know what they're missing. Um, A lot of folks who speak 
disparagingly about Siberians, have never ran a team of working Siberians, or their familiarity with the Siberian is a pet dog from Texas that they had when they were a kid. And, you know, there are a lot of Siberian Huskies in the United States, but there are very few of them that are bred for performance or for working. You know, there's working lines, the show lines, and then there are people that do breed dogs because they're pretty, not necessarily for their work ethic. And there's a lot of these dogs around. Um, and it's a, how a lot of people get into the sport, too. They'll have a pet husky that wasn't necessarily bred to be a sled dog, um, may give an underwhelming performance in harness, but then that that performance is cemented in their mind as all Siberians must be like that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of Siberian in Alaskan Huskies, if you look back in their lines, because they are the... They're the jack-of-all-trades of sled dogs. The Siberians that we have, they have competed in the Ferrandi Open Class Championship. You know, if you want to talk about fast, those dogs are fast. Dogs that can run in the Ferrandi, they're not only fast, but they have endurance, too. Those dogs can run at 20 miles an hour for 25 miles. And, you know, there's... There's a lot of Iditarod dogs that can't run that fast. Like, they physically cannot run that fast. They can trot along at, you know, 8, 9, 10 miles an hour for forever because that is where, you know, their true talents lie. But the Siberians, they can compete in the Ferrandi, maintaining those top speeds. And then they can turn around and... When I did it out the next year, a lot of my dogs have done that. Um, you know, and then the dogs that are, you know, a lot of Alaskans or sled dogs, they're very specialized to the discipline that they are excelling at. So some of these, um, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of the top dogs in Iditarod probably could do very well. Um, in a sprint race because there's a lot of nice dogs in those teams. Um, but then, you know, there are some dogs that aren't capable of running that fast. And then in the sprint circuit, you have these beautiful, strong, houndy mixes. There's a lot of, like, German short hair pointer bred into these dogs, and they're single-coated dogs that, with floppy ears that are susceptible to frostbite. Like, these are the types of dogs that do, would have do well. Um, out in the extreme environment that we encounter when we're out on the Iditarod Trail. But the Siberian, they can do everything. And they may not be winning at these disciplines, but they are doing well. And it's, it's a really remarkable trait. Why do you think there are very few Siberian teams that run the Iditarod? I don't know. I don't know. I think people just don't know what they're missing. Um, I would love to see more Siberian teams out on the trail. I mean, I, I love my Siberians. Um, they're just so perfectly suited for these sub-Arctic environments. 
you know, like they do have really tough feet. They have thick coats. They don't have to worry about bits and pieces of them getting frostbite. I carry less food because they don't need as much. Um, They are just so efficient and have such lovely personalities. Um, I don't know why there's not more. I would love to see more. But, but I think, I think a, a large part is because of the stereotypes and misconcep- misconceptions about the breed. Like people just assume that they're slow or, or they, you know, Alaskans are just easier to work with. Like you just plug them in and they go for the most part. Who are some current Iditarod mushers who run Siberians? Who are some current Iditarod mushers? Yeah. Oh, well, there's very few of us. Um, And this year, I don't think that there are any Siberian teams entered in Iditarod. Probably if the borders hadn't been shut down, maybe Rob Cook of Shaitan Siberians would be entered. Um, I... I'm taking some years off from racing. Um, I ran Iditarod in 2014, 15, and 16, and then I started my business. And so I've been working on building up my business, but I would like to get back to the trail one day. Um, There is Tom Schoenberger in the valley. Mike Ellis up on the hill, my neighbor, um, but mm, very few, very few. And apologies if I didn't mention anybody. There's some mushers in the lower 48 too, like the freckings, and um, but there's just not, not a lot. Actually, there's so few that I shouldn't have as much trouble naming them probably. Finally, do you think a Siberian Husky team has what it takes to win the Iditarod? Sure. What it takes? Definitely. Is it going to happen? Realistically? Probably not. Cool. Well, that was fun to talk to you. Those are some good questions. Thank you. Thank you. Special thanks to our guest, Elizabeth Norris, for being on our show this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please stop by iTunes and leave us a review. It helps our ratings. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or people you would like to hear from from on our show, email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If we hear from you or you leave a review, we will read it on our show. We would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the Iditarod Trail Talk.